Hello and welcome in to the latest episode of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am your host, Colby Conway, at Colby R. Conway on Twitter. And with me this week, stepping in in the, the second seat instead of the thirds, it's been in the past couple of weeks, but we got James Grande at uh, the... Was it the underscore real underscore Grande? Do I have that right? Yes, sir. Yeah, king of the under. I've been I've been uh, deemed by Justin Fenceman as the king of the underscore. Yeah, uh, I, it's so much easier just to say at the salesman. It makes it so much easier. <laughs> I have to like take a breath before I go through yours, and it's almost like with uh, sentences with commas. It's like the <gasps> underscore real, and then go through there. But um, James Grande is with me this week here, recording this on the evening of July fourth. So you'll probably listen to this a day or two later. So there's fireworks going on. I can hear them here through my ear that is not being covered up with a. Uh, one of those uh, ear pod type things. So, James, how is everything going for you here? Um, everything's going all right. We we talked about it before we hopped on air. You know, July fourth, not exactly every dog's favorite holiday. Um, so by default, not my favorite holiday either. Especially when you have dogs and small children, like not the best combination of things. So, uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get through this, Colby. Uh, hopefully, you know with minimal cries and from all parties including myself if both the baby and the the dogs are crying at the same time you might get a couple tears on on my on my end as well um but i gotta say i did put in a request uh, a couple years back for the real grande just um because that the person who uses that title on twitter um has sent about three tweets in their life and uh they've actually but they haven't tweeted um since 2011 and during that span colby they were clearly trying to be an ariana grande uh like a fake account because one of the tweets is strictly about ariana grande um and the tweet reads it's me ariana grande i really love all the support my fans have given me and i wouldn't have it if is at all if it if is was without my fans and family just like ariana grande would actually tweet yeah, that that is that's bad. That reads like if you watch the circle, that reads like those people who send the messages in the circle, <laughs> where it's like no one talks this way and no one yeah. sends messages this way. Oh, it's hopefully you can get that because I mean I don't want to be selfish, but I'll be selfish and I'm just sick of saying underscore <laughs> not once but twice. I gotta say it twice. Yeah, um, sorry. But no, the yeah July Fourth great day. Not great with dogs. The only thing that maybe my dog will say is good is that um, July Fourth is one of the few nights throughout the year where he gets to sleep in bed with my wife and I. So I guess <laughs> you know they're gonna put them through the torture. You gotta you know throw them a metaphorical bone basically um, and let them in there with you. But you know we talked about this before we jumped on the the pod here live and news wise in Major League Baseball this week. Com- at least compared to past weeks, been a little bit on the lighter side. Doesn't mean it's lacking star power. In fact, a lot of the news that we have gotten this week has been about some of baseball's best. So let's just kind of jump right into it with arguably the best arm in baseball when healthy. Jacob deGrom made a rehab start, looked good, threw real hard, got a feel for those batters. And when, when some of these guys come down and make their rehab start, I mean, good Lord. Like, it's the main thing with deGrom. Yes, the strikeouts are good. He lit up the radar gun. All you can ask for at this point is that he comes out healthy. That's all you can ask for in any of these rehab appearances. So Jacob deGrom, positive rehab start. Can you really take anything away? I mean, yeah, the 100 miles an hour is nice. The strikeouts are nice. But really the biggest thing is he can he can let up seven home runs on seven pitches and come out of the game. But as long as he comes out saying, I feel good, I'm healthy, isn't that all that really matters? 
Yes, 100%. There's nothing really we can take from it. Even um, the only thing I'll say, Buck Showalter was like, dude, what are you doing? Uh, he Well, he kind of said that. He like was like, what are you doing? But what is he supposed to, like, what are you supposed to do? It's your first start. Like, you're amped up, throwing 100. Like, uh, he said he expects the velocity to be down and, and as his rehab goes on further. So that's something interesting to see. Like, um, his manager suggesting that the velocity might dip a little bit. So I guess if that happens, let's not, you know, be overly concerned, um, especially if the manager is projecting that could happen. But I agree. It's, it's, there's nothing else that can be taken away other than please stay healthy, Jacob DeGrom. That's all. Please just stay healthy. Uh, he is the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, I'll just, I don't, I don't think there is like a debate about it at, at this point in, uh, in time. Uh, the best pitcher in baseball, the, the best uh, fantasy trade asset that you could have, uh, you know, or the best addition at a trade deadline, so to speak, for a, for real baseball. Um, it's it's going to be good to see Jacob DeGrom back on the mound. Who do you think provided the uh, minor league team in the rehab stint with a better pre- or post-game spread? Do you think it was DeGrom or was it Max Scherzer? I believe I saw the tweet with Max Scherzer or an article about it, and he provided one hell of a spread, let me tell you. Yeah, there is there is almost no question it's Max Scherzer. Almost no question. I don't even think it's a debate. I think Jacob DeGrom threw his 30 pitches and just left. Didn't talk to anybody. No spread. The only spread The only spread was PB&J after the game, like in the locker room. That, oh, oh, there's, oh it's, we're, in, we're in full uh, shutdown mode here um, as, the, the, uh, as the dogs are barking and the, the fireworks are going crazy. Can you hear the fireworks, Colby? I can hear the fireworks a little bit. I I think the dog just agreed with you. I think it's Scherzer. I think he had to had to you know put forth a better spread. And even he even said Scherzer said they're, they're eating well tonight. And then I believe a player on the team said can confirm ate well. So gotta feel yeah. gotta feel good for the Rumble Ponies. What can I say there? But the smirk, the smirk, the Scherzer smirk too in that video. Did you see the smirk? It was he, glorious. He it knew. Was, he knew. Yeah, he, he knew. No, he knew. He knew. Degrom Degrom went straight home. He didn't care. Yeah, he he 100% knew. But with the Mets as well, Chris Bassett, uh, he went to the aisle with, I believe it was COVID-19, yep. or he's on the list. Um, I, I, I guess it's because he dons the Met jersey. It's just kind of what happens. It's just what you deal with and kind of stuff that comes through. Um, any long-term concern with him if, if he's able to come back after a couple of days, maybe only miss one star? Is there any real long-term concern with Bassett? No. Um, they asked Showalter before tonight's game – um what the situation is and he can return thursday um but showalter said it's a long shot um and he but then he said quote still in the back of our mind so it's he is he is potentially able to return i guess he's been throwing the reports that he's been throwing even though he's away from the team um so no, I, I don't think there should be any long-term effects. I guess the only the only thing is we still we are obviously in a better place with like COVID and uh, throughout the world, but it just affects everyone differently, right? Like um, I, I know this is a basketball reference, but Jason Tatum said it took him about a year before he could fully get everything back up to speed, and um, and that's a year for a twenty-something-year-old one of the best athletes in the world uh, was struggling breathing for, for a, a very long time. So 
it's all going to be about how Bassett responds, but I would assume if he's throwing on the side um, and there's even potential for him to return, I don't think it's going to be much uh, very alarming um, when he does finally return. And it's something, too, when you look at the Mets, it's every game counts. I get that in Major League Baseball. I understand that. But when you have you're tied with the Dodgers for the most wins in the National League, as I'm looking at the standings here, like you can afford for Bassett to miss one start right. and be OK. Now, don't want it to go beyond that because the Mets are only 17 games up on Pittsburgh. So you've got to keep that team in the back of your mind. You don't want Bassett missing too many starts or next thing you know, you go to creep up and it's like, well, I'll be damned. The Pirates are only 16, 15, 14 games behind. It's. I tell you what, that's not a team you want nipping at your tails with that influx of young talent that they got there. Um, so, you know, it's just exciting things. I know that's what every team's worried about. So I just I like to speak for everyone in terms of the teams to watch, especially in the National League Central. First and second place is so overrated in the National League Central. It's all about third and unless fourth. If the Cubs jump the Pirates, then it's all about fourth. Place. <laughs> but it's it, it's ebbs and flows. It's the whole point of a major league baseball season. Um, but one other starter here, we talked about an injury. Frankie Montas pulled after one inning with shoulder inflammation. I'll just be point blank with you here. Who is the biggest loser in this situation? Are we talking about Oakland or fantasy baseball managers? Oof. Um, it is super close because obviously fantasy baseball managers, managers are licking their chops at the potential to see what team Mon- Montas is going to be traded to, right? Because, I mean, it, it like almost guaranteed there was going to be a deal. And I still think as long as um, I think he's getting an MRI on Tuesday. Uh, yeah. MRI on Tuesday and Mark Kotze said he's optimistic, but obviously inflammation and then a, a, you know, shoulder in the shoulder with velocity being down is obviously not a good sign. I would say it's probably worse for Oakland as just the the fireworks are just raining down right over my head. Um, uh, I could feel the heat, Colby, like over <laughs> over my left shoulder. Um, this is happy fourth. Um, I would say the Oakland Athletics, just because, like, I mean, if like let's say worst case scenario, and he's shut down. How just miserable is that? Oh, that that it could be like we're gonna go find someone. Ben Oakland, all the value that Montas had is gone. Uh, I'll, I'll go worse for Oakland, but like you know, it obviously would pain us in fantasy, but like not as not as bad as it would be for Oakland. Yeah, and you could see it here, especially like in. I mean, you only have a cup of tea in July, but fastball below had been trending down both the four seamer and the sinker, so that's not something that you'd like to see. I think it's Oakland fantasy managers. Here's the thing, in Fantasy, we can always go trade for someone to try to replace like a Montas in our rotation. Right. But a team like Oakland isn't going to go trade to replace a guy like Montas in their rotation. They were trying to trade Montas to get more people that may or less, you know, may maybe or may not turn into Montas in a few years at a younger age. So for me, it is Oakland that takes the 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 heat here essentially, or maybe the lack thereof, if you're going to look at Montas's declining fastball velocity there. So definitely a tough blow. Have to see what the results come back maybe a team still takes a chance if they get some positive news about it but 
Oakland's got to just be up in the up or the you know the front brass has got to just be kicking chairs and throwing garbage cans because they they were going to get a nice little haul for him and at the very least even if they are still able to move him one would think it's got to at least be slightly diminished that would be my thought yeah I mean I think it's definitely diminished I I will say we'll probably find out a lot more Tuesday when we get the MRI if it comes back clean maybe it's a dead arm maybe he just needs time off. We'll see. But, you know, there's also the possibility where, you know, the optimism turns to pessimism real quick. And then, um, you know, then there this all this trade value that he once had and they were likely going to get very a, a very nice return on their investment um, is all for naught. So we'll see, uh, especially when um, we get the MRI back on Tuesday. And then back to the Mets. Like we can't get away from them here. Max Scherzer's coming back. He's going to get the start um, on, well, it would be tomorrow. But Tuesday, uh, I believe, is what I saw. And I believe he's going to yep. be facing off against the Reds. So let's just keep it blunt. Obviously, you're going to start Scherzer if you have him. You've missed him for a little bit. You're going to put him back in the lineup. Uh, just quick thought, over under six and a half strikeouts for Scherzer against the Reds. Call it out now. Over, 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 over. Um, Taiwan, Taiwan Walker with nine through six innings on Monday. So, uh, and Taiwan Walker, I think had like two strikeouts their first like four starts of the year. So I am I'm willing to go over on Scherzer. He threw 80 pitches in that last rehab start, Colby. So fully stretched out. You know Scherzer, first game back, 100 pitches. Yeah, that has to. Over, over under 99 and a half pitches for Max Scherzer. And that's the interesting thing too, depending where you play. Like I know our, our very own John and Pemba is the, the, the prize picks guy. Um, yep. He's kind of the one to look at. I'm, I'm going to pull this up quickly here to see if anything was sure tomorrow, but if they, I, I highly doubt they're going to do a pitch count uh, prop for prize picks tomorrow, but I, I don't care what it is. I'm probably going to take the over if we're, if we're lucky enough to get one it, for Scherzer against the Reds and his return to the rotation for, the New York Mets, but we'll talk about the Chicago White Sox here. Currently about four and a half games out of the AL Central lead. Look like they're getting some reinforcements soon. Two big names, Eloy Jimenez and Liam Hendricks. Both are nearing their return. You know, James, talk about them a little bit. Obviously, these are two guys that the second they're back in the lineup, you're getting, you're starting them in fantasy. No, no doubt about it there. So uh, go ahead and just talk to me about the returns of, their, of those two guys. And then, you know, maybe like say a month from now, um, do you do you foresee the White Sox being atop the AL Central? Um, I mean, you know, we know what we're getting with both. I mean, Eli has a 500 career slug. He just needs to stay healthy. Um, he's a good hitter too. He, he's not all in the power department. Um, but obviously, we're we're mainly uh, getting a just an influx of power with Eli. So that's a great thing to see back. Um, and then Liam Hendricks at the back end of your or back end of the of the bullpen for um, the White Sox is a guy that has, I mean, he had 16 saves in 25 appearances this year. That is insanely um, efficient and effective. Um, huge K for nine guy. The ratios are great. Um, two guys that are immediate everyday starters for your fantasy teams. Do I think? Do I think? that the White Sox will win the NL Central or potentially win the NL or the AL Central. I don't know, man. I mean, what, like, what, Tony LaRusso is still there, right? So, mm-hmm. 
Um, like, do okay. They're four and a half games back from Minnesota. They are a more talented overall team than Minnesota. From uh, I think their offenses probably stack up against one another. Uh, but I think the White Sox have the clear advantage on the on the mound. Cleveland, I don't believe in at all. So I think if any of the like, yeah, I think that they could compete a month from now, two months from now, and and possibly win this division. It's not, but that's not exactly like a daunting task. I think uh, if they don't, and Tony La is still there, that's a mistake. Um, yeah, but yeah. When it comes to the White Sox, it's 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 my my concerns with them are not with the people on the field. It's more so those whom we're directing. And by those, I mean the one individual who's doing that. Because who knows? It seems like it seems like they're one pimp job away or one bat flip away from, you know, being yanked from the lineup and getting, uh, just getting just uh, I forget the young cat's name, um, the catcher that Larusa just had it out for. And you're mean. You're mean yeah, Mercedes. They're gonna get Mercedes into <laughs> this not a basically into oblivion. This is black abyss, almost like in the Upside Down and Stranger Things is what's gonna happen with with uh, anyone that has like a hot shot there. So I just, LaRusso is my biggest concern there. You're right. That division is not, isn't daunting. Like the, the, the guardians don't scare me. The twins are good and the twins could make a move at the deadline to kind of bolster some things that they have. And I think they're interesting. Ultimately this, this Cleveland experiment and the top two in the AL Central, I think is going to fizzle out. This is going to come down to twins, white Sox the rest of the way. That's how I see it. And getting back Hendricks and Jimenez certainly does not hurt Chicago's chances by any means. NL Central, obviously that division's headlined by the Pittsburgh Pirates, but there is also a team in there at the bottom with the with the Reds. Uh, Lucas, yeah, Sims. you are you are so good at that. I must say, like your transitions into Pirates talk is like I need the, I need to hear you on Pirates radio. Like I need I need to get their number, whoever it is. I just need to get you talking Pirates all the time. It is just you are a master. Colby, I just wanted to. I just. I'm sorry for. I'm sorry for cutting. No, I. I mean, I. I, I appreciate us. it. It's. It's one of those. It's one of the beautiful things of when you when you host the podcast, you can basically dictate how it goes and what direction it goes. So that's why I stay in the front seat because once I move out of the host seat, like the podcast that I wasn't on, I. I you guys probably don't talk about the pirates at all. So. I don't know, think we. I don't think we mentioned see? that once. No. Exactly. And and I don't want to say that that's the problem, but that's the problem. It's true. The number the that's, numbers were down. The numbers were down last. That's true. The numbers were down last week. Sorry. Listen, that's I mean, you, you can't tailor your content to three or four people, but, you know, you have to sometimes because they're the loud ones. They're the ones that are excited for a Cabrian Hayes, Brian Reynolds, O'Neill Cruz future until they're all traded away by 2024 and a half. Because they just, <laughs> that's what they do. But, you know. Anyway, in that division, it's not all about the Pirates. It's 99% about the Pirates. But there is the Reds in there. Lucas Sims is out for the year. I'll be honest. He was a guy I was hanging my hat on early on in fantasy baseball drafts. I thought he would emerge as the closer in Cincinnati. I, Yes, I knew that team was going to stink. But terrible teams can have closers that are quite relevant. And, you know, because a lot of times those, those crappy teams, if they're going to win, they're sure as hell not going to win by a lot. So there's going to be save opportunities to be had there. But Lucas Sims is now out for the year. A couple weeks ago, we had a podcast episode where we talked about what do we do with the Cincinnati pen. We basically all agreed, well, there's a couple guys, but you probably don't want to touch anything here. And I think that same story rings true here today. Am I right that it's the same type thing? It's like, cool, 
there's guys who potentially throw in the ninth inning, but none of them mean anything to me. Yeah, I mean, if you're absolutely desperate, good luck with Hunter Strickland, right? Like, that's, <laughs> like, good luck. Um, as you know, expired great. Uh, mm-hmm. ult- ultimately, like, he did have a sub-four ERA in June, for whatever that's worth. Um, and he might not even remain the closer. You know, we I think we did talk about this earlier in the year. Like, Alexis Diaz was the clear candidate when Lucas Sims originally went down. He's now on the IL, but Sims scheduled to throw a bullpen, or um, Diaz scheduled to throw a bullpen, rather. Uh, he could end up just becoming the team's closer um, when he does return, but um, it's obviously not a, you're not confident either way. I w- but, to be fair, when we talked about them the first time, they literally were like 4-25. and 25. True. They have They have at least, what, 20 wins by now? Like, they're... They have definitely been better than they were earlier in the year. So um, if you are absolutely desperate, maybe taking a shot on someone like a Hunter Strickland or Alexis Diaz when he does return uh, is worth it to you. Yeah, and I'll just, you know, home runs haven't gotten to Strickland yet. But if that fly ball rate and that hard <laughs> contact stays about the same, good luck. And his ERA and FIP are already through the moon anyway. So, yeah, if you're right, if you're desperate for saves, and by desperate I mean like, like if you're dead last and nowhere even near getting to the person ahead of you in terms of like categories to gain that point, what Strickland might do to your other stats is not worth the potential <laughs> of getting a save or two, you know, maybe every other yeah. week with that, with that Cincinnati team. So I'm right there. I am right there with you with that. But again, same division. It's just all these teams that play against pirates are just all relevant and they need these reinforcements that come back, but say a Suzuki back in the lineup. And of course, of course, just in typical fashion, inside the park, home run, tie game. So that was always nice to see. So Suzuki was a guy coming into the year with the right spot, power, speed, should hit for a pretty good average. And then he obviously got injured, spent some time on the IL. So what can we expect from Suzuki moving forward? Is it much of that same type thing? Good pop, a little bit of speed, and hit for a decent average. Um, Obviously, the Cubs have had some guys that have played really well, so maybe it can help the counting stats a little bit. But um, those that have been waiting on Suzuki or maybe pick them up because an impatient owner dropped them. Um, what what can we expect the rest of the way? Yeah, I mean, I don't think – I mean, the numbers are all kind of on par with all the expected stuff. Um, he strikes out way too much. I think we I think we need to see reduced strikeouts. Uh, he looked really good um, in his three games at AAA uh, before the return. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to get power. I think we're going to get speed. I think he's in option. I wouldn't – burn if he's you know sitting on waivers um in redraft like i don't know uh i wouldn't go past like 15 percent, and that's like if you're desperate for an outfielder i'd probably sit around like eight ten percent of your fab um budget for say because he, he will give you power he will give you some speed uh, but the strikeout rate's obviously concerning anytime it hits 30 percent, it's a little and he does combat it with a 13% walk rate. That's great. And that obviously plays into the speed thing because he'll be able to run a little bit if he's, as long as he's on base 35% of the time. But, yeah, if, if he's on waivers, it's 8 to 10% of uh, your fab probably for me is uh, where I'd go. And if you're desperate, which I don't think you need to be for Saya, but if you're desperate, like 15. And then what would you say here? So he's got five five home runs with today's inside the Parker, three stolen bases. Do you think he gets to double digits? in terms of both those categories, double-digit home runs and double-digit steals by season's end? I'll go home runs, yes. 
he could probably get to like the I mean he got up to such a quick start. Uh, he plays in a very good division for offense in terms mm-hmm. of ballparks. Like Pittsburgh when it gets hot, the ball flies. We know what happens in Wrigley when in, there's wind and I feel like there's always wind in Wrigley. Um and Cincinnati is Chorus Juton number two in runs per game this year. Um so yeah, I think the home runs definitely come. Ten stolen bases. I'll say yes. Uh I'll say somewhere like fifteen and ten is where he'll end up. Um which I think is a reasonable third, fourth outfielder for the remainder of the year. I mean, that's 11 home runs and seven stolen bases the rest of the year. Like, that's that's pretty good from August to – or July through September. So, yep. uh, as, like, your third, fourth outfielder. For sure. And I, I know for me a lot of best ball drafts I did, Suzuki. I know early on over on RT Sports you could get Suzuki with third base eligibility. So, he was a guy that's that I crazy. was pounding in <laughs> all of those – all right. of those best ball drafts. And then, of course, I get a finger injury. So it's kind of like, hey, if you're going to like scan the system a little bit here, you're going right. to get a dealt with an injury here. But, yeah, I, I agree there with you. But the last thing that we talk about here before we get into buy or sell and level of concern, as well as the prediction for the week, um, leading up to the MLB trade deadline, got to start throwing some names out there around the rumor mill, what teams are going to be you know, out there. How many players do the Pirates acquire to bolster their chances to move to second in the division? Like, there's a lot of questions out there. So I'll actually go ahead and go first because uh, this player is near and dear, maybe was near and dear to my heart. But um, Josh Bell's nearly, I don't want to say it's a guarantee, but I'll say it's about 113% chance that he's going to get traded <laughs> because just Washington needs to recoup any money that they can to get right. Soto. So Josh Bell's getting traded. Where are the fits? Teams that are needy at first base, first kind of maybe does Houston make a splash to try to help there as they have the second lowest mm-hmm. Woba at first base. Boston's also down there in the bottom five. So it was Pittsburgh, but we don't talk about that one. And then you got some other teams in there as well. Maybe, maybe Minnesota makes a splash because if you know if you're gonna let up some runs, might as well just score as many as you can. So right. for me, I'm gonna kind of cheat a little bit, but I can do that. And I'm gonna say Josh Bell is gonna get traded to either Minnesota or Boston prior to the deadline. Um, I, I like that. He's definitely not going back to Pittsburgh. That would be a wild ride, huh? Josh Bell back to Pittsburgh. I mean, that would be a, that'd be a really fun top four. <laughs> I'm talking second place in a couple weeks. In a couple it's, weeks, yeah. It's exciting. It's it's exciting nonetheless. But that's mine. I there's definitely other there's definitely a lot of a lot of players that I think are really guaranteed to be traded. So let's see if you hit another one of mine as well. And if not, great because then I get to use them next Monday. Um. I mean, the Cubs are easy to pick on here. Um, and you it's funny you mentioned the Astros uh, because I think that they can use a catcher. They can. And I think the Cubs have a pretty good catcher. They do. Uh, at a very, very reasonable price, um, who's also an unrestricted free agent next year. So there's a lot of potential for if you want a rental – uh, you could probably drive the price down. If you want to trade Contreras, trade for Wilson Contreras uh, under the assumption that he's going to re-sign you know, it, to, in Houston, um, I think that could be great too. They have you know, a lot of thump in that lineup, and I think at least from the recent Jeremy 
Pena form lost a little bit with Carlos Correa, and I think they can use a little thump with Wilson Contreras. Um, so I'm going to go Contreras to the Astros. I was going to go uh, Ian Happ to the Yankees. Um, but I've seen a lot of things pointing towards the Yankees more interested in the starting pitcher for some reason, even though we have like five guys with the sub three ERA this year. Um, so I'll go Contreras to the Astros. Uh, the Cubs are just going to be shredded uh, by the end of this deadline. So, um, but but Seiya will still be there since we're uh, we're just on on the topic of Seiya Suzuki. So yeah, uh, what's uh, Wilson Contreras is a Houston Astro at the deadline. I was pulling up the numbers here because I was curious because I was like, oh, I would like to. I want to agree with that, but let me just look at the numbers here. So I don't know if you have them in front of you, and I kind of hope you don't just for the sake of this. But Houston, okay, so looking at stats by position per team, okay? Let's start with Houston. Obviously, they have the least offensive production from the catching position this year. That just kind of is what it is. Can you guess the strikeout rate for the Houston catchers this year at the dish? Oof. Um... I'll no. go. You're. You're. I, I feel like you're. This is a a bait because Houston doesn't strike out a lot. I'm still gonna go like thirty three percent. Thirty six percent worst in the league. Sheesh. That is what they. Now here, I'll instead of having you guess the other ones, let me just throw these out there for you. So Houston behind the dish, thirty six percent strikeout rate, league worst one thirty nine average, league worst two sixteen woba, and they have a. The Houston Cadres have a combined WRC plus of 38. So wow. I agree with you. I think if there's a hole in that lineup, it's behind the dish. And Contreras is – he was my favorite fantasy catcher coming into the year. So I would i would have many teams Same. that would stand to benefit for a Contreras Same. to Houston move. So I hope, I hope you just spoke that one into existence there. So I agree right there. Next week, we'll be back with more trade deadlines because the beauty of it is there's going to be so many darn moves that we can predict one each week (laughs) leading up to it and be fine and probably still not even hit all of them because, you know, you're going to have those trades where it's a bunch of no-namers trade and somehow they'll pop off and it's just kind of how it works. But let's go ahead and jump in here quick to a little bit of buy or sell. And the first one we're going to talk about here is Washington's Juan Soto. And he's interesting because if you're a fantasy manager that owns him the 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 226 batting average is just eye-popping to me the 15 homers are fine yep. five stolen bases are good 384 obp is still good so if you're in obp leagues you're getting okay there with soto if you're in leagues that value average over obp that 226 is really you know kicking you where the sun don't shine but xb expected batting average of 273 pretty on par with his career numbers expected slug is 500 or i'm sorry is 100 points higher than his current slugging percentage. so all the expected stuff says that this has got to turn around but then you can look at it from the other perspective and when inevitably washington deals josh bell where is his protection in the lineup is there going to be any need to throw to him and he's just gonna basically end the year with what'll feel like more walks than base hits because there's going to be no need to pitch to him so it's it's an easy like yes obviously you want Juan soto on your fantasy team but if you do have him and you're going to get a king's ransom for him, can you go ahead and move him? So let's talk about that with Juan Soto. Is he a buy if you don't own him, or if you do have him, or are you just looking to sell at this point? I mean, it's a it's a very it's a very tough question um, because I agree on every front, and then you look that you just mentioned. I mean, 
if there's no Josh Bell protecting him, what's there? Um, they've tried to move him around in the lineup to protect him. It hasn't worked. Um, but then you look at the expected numbers, and as a fantasy owner, like, well, if the luck just comes around, right? He has a 226 average, as you mentioned, very uncharacteristically. 273 expected average. He has a 449 slug. 560 expected slug, which is even better than his expected slug from a year ago. 366 Woba, 412 expected Woba. Like, the guy is just running into a ton of bad luck. 227 Babbitt, Colby, which is batting average and balls in play. Like, that is incredibly unlucky. Um, And that's where it's, like, it's tough because you're like, damn, man, I... I know just looking at these numbers that these they should be better than they are. And you mentioned it, like the 15 home runs, the 46 runs, they're pretty good at this point of the year. The 67 walks, like, per, like the guy's getting on base a lot. Um, it's just not at the elite level we know Juan Soto to be at. It's it's so it's so razor thin between buying or selling. I mean, I I'm. I am a Juan Soto owner, and I don't want to be selling. But I think if someone came to me with the right offer, it's it's something that I'd at, at, at on July fourth at this time is something that I'd entertain much more now than I would have, let's say, a month ago, even when he was struggling, because the Nats continue to fall further and further out of the playoff picture, and and they are going to deal pieces on this team, so. I, I'm I'm kind of neutral. I, I want to say I don't know if we've ever if we've ever answered as neutral on this one. Like I don't really want to buy, but I and I don't really want to sell. But I'm willing to listen to both if I'm an owner, and I'm willing to make an offer on Soto too because we know the talent and we just know how unlucky he's been. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with ending the year with 31 homers and 71 right. RBIs. Like it happens. Like you're gonna be on. You know, good players can be on bad teams and go from there. I, I'm, I'm going to agree with what you said and just word it differently in that I don't know if you get to buy Soto. I don't know if you get to sell Soto. I almost <laughs> think you're stuck holding because yeah. what's going to happen inevitably, if you play in a league that's active with trades, once Josh Bell is traded, you're going to get a nice little message like, hey, just saw the traded Bell. It's tough for that lineup. Uh, here's Christopher Morell. <laughs> Yeah, and, and Jose Quintana for Juan Soto. And yep, it's like, pretty okay. Much. And then, God forbid, what if they deal Nelson Cruz too? Then you're going to get even further lowballed. So it's, you're, <laughs> I think you're stuck holding. I, I really think, I don't, uh, if someone's going to come in and blow you away, sure. I think it's good. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't have Soto in many leagues. I will 100% be doing exactly what I just said. Like, 100%. Dang, that sucks. That's, <laughs> that lineup stinks, man. You were here, practicing, Colby. Yeah, you were just I was. practicing for when it's gonna when it happens. Like you're, you already have the messages typed out and everything. Yeah, I mean, I now don't get me wrong. I would, I would never give up Jose Quintana <laughs> as the as the face that I've never once bashed or played against every time in DFS or Prize Picks or Underdog whenever he's pitched. But yeah, I, I think you're stuck holding with Juan Soto. And in Chicago, they got Nico. Nico Horner has been interesting. He's hitting 310, expected batting average of 313, couple homers, nice stolen bases. Doesn't really strike out at all. Doesn't also doesn't really walk. You just look at his hit chart, and all he does is pepper the infield 
and short outfield. He's got some pool side power, and by that I mean he'll run into a ball every now and again. He's got great plate discipline metrics, good contact, just doesn't doesn't possess the the big time power or exit velocity that you want to see. So I do have some concerns about. I don't think he's going to hit 300 plus the rest of the way, but he is a 287 hitter. So it's every time I try to question him, he's he seems to really hold pat. And other than 2020, he's he's been pretty decent in terms of. Like fantasy wise, if, if he's not running, he's not going to do much for you other than basically allows you to right. stick him in your lineup and balance out someone else who's hitting 215 on your team and be okay. So I would probably be selling Nico Horner, but what would you be doing? I mean, it depends. Like, he has great bat to ball skills, uh, he does not strike out whatsoever. Um, he crushes left handed pitching uh, overall. He is dominated lefties and that's and this is talking about a guy who's hit 309 i also think this year he has the i think he had the first home run of the year um which is weird to know but i'm pretty sure nico horner is the owner of the first home run of the 2022 season and i guess we could we could check that but um i mean here's another question for you cole can nico horner be does he get to double like you asked me to say it if if you tell me that he hits 300 right for the remainder of the year if that's possible, he does. He has had been. He's had pretty good luck. Three thirty-two BABIP, um, but three forty-two expected WOBA is even better than his uh, actual WOBA. Does if you tell me that he gets double figures in both stolen bases and potential for like fifteen? I mean, there's. I guess there's an outside chance of that. And ten home runs. I think he's a pretty solid middle infield um, candidate for for ratios the rest of the year. And again, he his value is basically coming into every year. Um, I'm definitely not Joey Gallo right now, but coming into the year, it was the type of hey, I'm going to take Horner, use his 300 average to bring Joey Gallo up to like right. a two. Well, bring him up to like a 205 guy. <laughs> but I have good, but I have good power from him, and I can basically, you know, it, it was like he drafted Michael Brantley this year. He was your average buffer. Horner's a guy that can right. basically be it. So I think. He is going to almost be a complimentary piece to your team to balance out someone whose power you want to keep. Like once Jorge Soler comes back from the injured list, I mean, he, he ain't hitting for average at all this year. But I would like a guy like Horner to at least balance it out while Soler kind of figures things out and Fair. gets the power numbers there. So, yeah, I think he's he's a nice complimentary piece. I don't know if he'll get to the double-digit home runs. Call me pessimistic. He'll easily be there and steal. So at least he'll give you a little bit of speed. And that isn't always easy to find, to say the least. And who knows? I mean, and – you know, he's already playing a lot anyway, so it's not like if the Cubs do have an absolute fire sale, he's locked into playing time. He's pretty locked in at the moment. Like, they're not going to take him out of the lineup considering he's one of the few guys on that team that's hitting quite well, too, to be to be quite blunt right. with you there. So, yeah, I think, I, I, I think I'm still selling, but I think from a fantasy perspective, you can get me on board with using him as basically a complimentary. You're, you're playing chess with Horner on your team is what you're doing. Yeah. You're not playing chess. You're playing chess. So... That is that is nice, but level of concern here was I we were going to talk about him earlier. I was like, ah, you know, you told me let's hold off and talk to him there. But Kenley Jansen goes to the injured list. Uh, I believe it was with an irregular heartbeat, so yeah. he's going to miss. Uh, I, I don't even know what to say. A little bit of time, but yeah, a decent amount of time. Yeah. Let me tell you this: he could miss anywhere from like one to like ninety-three games. I think that's a that's a fair range to put it in. Yeah. Everyone loves ranges, so I think that's that's pretty good. So, what is the level of concern with? Jansen, because obviously when he's on the mound, he's going to strike batters out. He's going to rack up saves, and that was a good team to be pitching for. So uh, what's the level of concern for you with Kenley Jansen? Um, so apparently this, I mean, 
this is the fourth time this has happened to Kenley Jansen. Uh, happened in 2011, and then it happened in 2017 and 2018. I mean, that's just like, and, and obviously he's bounced back rather well from all of them um, because it's been he's been one of the best closers in baseball over the last, you know, what decade. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely concerning if he's not able to come back. I mean, we don't know, right? Like he's just out with an irregular heartbeat. We, we're not sure when he's coming back. We're, I think the the level of concern has to be extremely high. Like not just for like fantasy, just like for the dude's health in general. It's just him as a as a human being. Uh, a regular heartbeat, anything with the heart, man. That's uh, like we always talk about arms and shoulders and elbows. Like, nah. That has nothing on a heart, right? Like, mm-hmm. that is, like, you know, the heart is, like, the kiss of death. So, like, um, I'm just hoping Kenley Jansen makes it through. I mean, having it for the fourth time is insane. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm extremely concerned. I, I don't have a number for you. I, I don't even know what to put the number at. But it's as high as it can be, uh, especially when you start talking about that area of the body. I was getting a little less concerned as I was reading this tweet from a couple hours ago from Mark Bowman. And then I read the last sentence. I was like, all right, I'm extremely concerned again. I don't know what to make of this, but uh, Mark Bowman at MLB Bowman on Twitter said uh, this was a couple hours ago, Jansen feels good and plans to be in the Braves pen when eligible on July, on July 12th, felt heart out of rhythm on June 18th, was checked out at the ER, pitched the next afternoon, afternoon, made four more appearances before deciding to get his heart shocked back into place last week. That is I mean, that's horrifying. A that's a that roller is, coaster. Of a that speech. is horrifying. That is horrifying. Um, I, mean, I don't even know what to make of that. It's like, yeah, it's just, can you imagine that though? Just like Jansen Wallace, he's like, hey, I just, it feels a little weird. Let's just go ahead. Let's get the, let's get the defibrillator, shock me back in. And like, we'll be good in like a week and a half to throw some cutters and get some saved. It's like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> You're a freak. What? I know that is, I mean, look, like that is. That's horrifying. That's that's like that's like hearing like an MMA fighter saying like I'm willing to die there in the cage. Like don't or like a boxer say like don't don't throw in the towel. I'm willing to die in there. Like, dude, like these are like like don't do stuff like that, please. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think you're you're right on board with me as well. Like super concerning. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, they obviously have elite options to turn to um the the second best will smith in in the mlb is obviously i think uh clear-cut option number one but aj mentor is right there behind him yep i right there with you i am very concerned i just i was like oh this is cool you know the july 12 is gonna be cool and then once i heard hard shock back in the way i was like i'm out again this is terrifying that's, that's terrifying dude it's terrifying i mean we're not talking about you know you go into the 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 training room the athletic trainers and the athletic training staff just put the little uh little pads on and give you little jolts and stuff we're talking about like industrial stuff there so yeah i don't i don't know i am a little <laughs> concerned <laughs> uh actually, i mean oh my goodness dude yeah and then let's go ahead we're interest of time here and i mean there's fireworks i definitely do not want to go out and watch so let's let's go ahead and james let's get to your prediction for the week that lies ahead uh yankees and pirates uh kick off a uh series here colby uh on uh so a little friendly wager here 
We, we so. got to come up with something. Uh, not so much a friendly wager. How about this? The Pittsburgh Pirates do not score a run in their two-game series against ex-Pirate great Jamison Tyone and uh, ex-Yankee ace, now apparently st- third starter in the rotation, yet could be an ace in every other rotation, Luis Severino. Pirates don't score against either of those two. Mm. Well, that's going to... I. That's going to be interesting because uh, my bold prediction that the Pirates sweep the Yankees <laughs> in, <laughs> in the little two-game series they have. And then, honestly, they probably come right back and just take two from Cincinnati on the, on the little doubleheader. It looks like they have scheduled for the seventh. So I'm going to say the Pirates, Pirates are going to start a little four-game win streak here, take two from the Yankees, take two from the Reds. And then, honestly, because they'll do that, they'll probably just trade Brian Reynolds to the Yankees a couple weeks after. So. <laughs> You know, that's just kind of how it seems to work. So yeah. it's Reynolds. Well, it's Reynolds packaged with uh, your three other best players for like uh, we can offer you like Joey we'll Gallo. Take, no, and, we'll take Jose Trevino. Yeah. We'll yeah. Him, and then well, you guys well, can go get Contreras. That's a good. Yeah, that's actually a pretty. That's a, I like that idea. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'll send that up the pipeline. I think the last the last time it was just you and I doing the pod too. I think our uh, both of our predictions aligned. It was a Pirates matchup, but it was uh, I think it was uh, Zach Thompson versus Zach Thompson, and I said Zach Thompson <laughs> would be better. True, and I think both Zach Thompson ended up on the fifteen day IL soon after. So it's just hey, someone's got to be a sacrificial lamb essentially. <laughs> When you when you look at things there, but those those are going to be the predictions for the week. Uh, I think you said it was the the Pirates would score ten runs in each game, and yep. I said that the Pirates would sweep the Yankees and then take two from the Reds as well. So it's going to be a great week for Pittsburgh. Sounds like we both agree there. Um, we'll have to see kind of how that plays out. But of course, for the week that lies ahead, there's so much content at Fantasy Alarm. Whether it's the the monthly rankings, if you play DFS, it's all the all the DFS content, playbooks, if you like player props, there's prize picks and underdog fantasy. So much going on at Fantasy Alarm and DFS Alarm. Make sure you are checking everything out. Also make sure you send a little tweet to at the sales man and wish him a wish him a happy vacation and let let him know how much you wish you want him back on the pod next week. Uh, maybe we'll have a three man rotation next weekend. Uh, at the very least, if if the Pirates do take two from the Yankees, James will 100% be on. We will rework everything. I don't care how busy your schedule is, James. We will get you on somehow because that just has to happen. And uh, if the Pirates lose to the Yankees and Reds, I will be out of the office next week. So that's just – I get to pick and choose what happens with me there. So if they lose, I'm out. So then you guys can do next week. Uh, I <laughs> I'm okay with that. I will be I will be here regardless. Um, but I will say uh, I know it's a baseball podcast, but guys, uh, NFL Draft Guide this year, first time in Fantasy Alarms history, it's free. Um, so NFL season as soon as July 4th, Colby, it's all football everywhere, right? Um, even even as baseball fans and, and analysts, we know like uh, fantasy football is fast approaching. So if you want to get in now, uh, FantasyAlarm.com, the Draft Guide is literally free no dollars zero uh same listening to this podcast same you can get the draft guide full of just incredible content from uh everyone uh on staff so uh make sure you check out the fantasy football draft guide as well and listen just because a houston texan is on isn't on the front does not mean that there's not good content in there there is plenty of content in there so like james said check it out it's free there's going to be a lot of good stuff in there and it's only going to continue to grow as the days weeks months go by leading up to the conclusion of the fantasy baseball season and the 
beginning of the fantasy football season. So, yep, there's so much content at Fantasy Alarm. Check it out. NFL Draft Night, all the MLB stuff. It'll all be there. Uh, James, I appreciate you helping in, stepping in this week. I know you said you will be here regardless next week. I wish I could say the same, but if Pittsburgh lose, I will not. I'm just, <laughs> I'm not afraid to lie or to be honest. You're lying because if the Yankees get swept, I, I, I have a funny feeling you might not be on next week, but I hope you are. Hope we, hope we get to talk then. Hopefully I'm the one smiling and laughing and enjoying everything just to watch him trade Brian Reynolds a couple days later. So we will see how that all plays out. But again, check out everything at Fantasy Alarm. James, thanks again for stepping in. Give him a follow. Here we go. At the underscore real underscore Grande on Twitter. Send Matt Sells a tweet at the salesman, and then I am at Colby R. Conway on Twitter. So until next time, have a great week, and we'll see you in exactly one week or so. I guess that takes away the exactly, but we'll see you soon with the next edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Have a great week.